1: Well, ski to you all and welcome into another edition of the PHNX D-backs podcast right here on PHNX. My name is Derek Montilla. Of course, I am your mayor of PHNX. This is my vice mayor of PHNX, occasionally known as Thunderstick, Jesse Friedman. Jesse, uh, we had another day of being out at the wonderful paradise that is known as salt river fields where it is very cold in the shade and very hot already (laughs) in the sun but you're still out there you couldn't get enough so i see that you're still there Uh, elizabeth is accusing your background of being fake she says jesse's background
0: looks it does it does look kind of fake because that because spring training looks kind of fake derek it's so it's just so beautiful. beautiful the weather is beautiful I know you said it's chilly in the shade, but I've got a couple layers on. I'm feeling pretty comfortable. And the background behind Let's me is not, it is not, it is not fake.
1: No, it's not. And that's, I, I love the look. I love the, even, even the sounds of people mowing actual grass. Can you uh, hear that? And, I wondered if you oh, could yeah. hear that. <laughs> oh, we can hear that. We can hear that, but that's all right because this is uh, the, we we're bringing you the sights and sounds of spring training. If you can't make it out, like so many people did, again, huge crowd out there today of people—not huge, but a nice showing of people out there to show their support for this team. I, I feel like the fan. Uh, the fan contingent stayed stronger than the media contingent. Jesse, there's still uh, a <laughs> st- similar number of fans, not, not as many members of the media on day two, but, uh, the fun comparison they were making was like, it, you know, it's like day one is the exciting day. And then every day after that is like groundhog day leading up to whenever they start playing, you know, actual baseball games. And, you know, that, that's not too far away, but we did get a chance to be out there and, and, uh, you know, uh, enjoy all of this, uh, uh, wonderful, you know, pitchers and catchers reporting—that's still going on right now.
0: Yeah, another uh, another successful day. I'm not really sure what would make an unsuccessful day at spring training. Nah. Uh, you know, guys it's are guys are taking us. batting practice, throwing bullpens, yeah. taking PFPs. Uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure there were some guys who maybe would have liked for their respective things to go better today, but. Uh, it's a little it's a little early. Uh, I don't think anyone is too too stressed out about results at this point. Uh, we did get some injury news today, which we'll which we'll uh, get to uh, here in a second.
1: Well, that's actually it. I mean, obviously, the guys out there are having a great day, but the guys that aren't able to play right now, not not having nearly as fun. Uh, we did get some confirmation from Tori on a couple of injuries. Some things we didn't know, some things we did know. Uh, Dre Jameson is out for the year, which is something that we had already discussed and forecasted due to the nature yeah. of the surgery that he had. But uh, again, it was great to see Dre out there on day one in that spectacular looking uniform. Uh, and and I mean he's with the team. He's out there training and, and doing everything that he can, at least in the meantime, to keep himself ready for when when he can come back to play.
0: Yeah, I mean you have Tommy John surgery in mid September. It's gonna be it's gonna be really tough to come back and, and pitch it all the next year. So yeah, Tori didn't really leave much room for uh interpretation or any kind of leeway there. It's pretty much just Dre Jameson is out for, for the twenty twenty four season, which as you said is kind of what we uh, what we expected all along.
1: No brace or anything, though. He was just out there, just. I yeah. mean, he, he he looked like he he looked like he was ready to go, and you know Dre, he probably is. They have to they probably have to hold him back. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> definitely, he probably wants to do too much. Uh, another injury that we heard about that we didn't know, uh, was about Kevin Ginkle, and it's nothing. I don't think it's any cause for concern, but here's Tori talking about uh, Kevin Ginkle having some some elbow soreness.
2: Uh, yeah, the only um, the only thing that is worth mentioning is Kevin Ginkle is going to just slow play a little bit. There's a little bit of, um, I'm, I'm going to just say right elbow soreneth, soreness, nothing that's going to be um, a hindrance to him. It's just a little bit of a red flag at this point in time. We don't have to hustle through this. He threw a lot of baseball games for us last year, so we're going to pull him back a little bit and start his clock and start his time a little bit, a little bit later than most. When does it's that pop up? Three? Um the exact time I'm not sure probably about a week ago I would say does he, he has had him? imaging he has and everything is
1: fine So again no cause for concern there when it comes to uh the injury they said they he did have imaging uh, everything's fine but again the short off season really does uh leave leave some of the guys still kind of recovering from 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 just pitching not too long ago
0: Yeah, I mean, I I hadn't realized actually how many innings Kevin Ginkle threw altogether last season. Uh, He was at 65 in the third innings in the regular season, plus 11 and two-thirds in the playoffs. I think he had a few, like a handful of innings in Reno as well uh, when he was sent down for a couple weeks back in June. So, yeah, I mean, that's a huge workload, really, for, for a relief pitcher. You're talking about, you know, right around 80 innings altogether over the course of a season. Uh, you know, there were certainly some moments where the Diamondbacks had him pitching on back-to-backs or whatnot. It seemed like he uh, struggled a little bit more in those situations, as many relief pitchers do. And uh, yeah, certainly not good news to have him uh, dealing with some elbow soreness here early on in camp. But as you said, and, and as you heard from Tori, there, it doesn't sound like a significant concern. No structural damage or anything like that. It's just a slow play situation. Sounds like Kevin Ginkle still has, you know, at least a decent shot of being ready to go by opening day.
1: Is that This is different, though, than Zach and Merrill, who also are going to be kind of slow played as far as their progression. They they have no injury. They have no they they have nothing. But there's there is something there with Kevin Ginkle. And again, it's nothing to be concerned with at this time, but it is something at least to be aware of because he was such a huge part of that bullpen last year.
0: He really was. I mean, yeah, Kevin Ginkle went from, I, I wrote this in, in a story the other day on our newsletter. Uh, you know, Kevin Ginkle went from this time last year competing for a spot in the Diamondbacks bullpen to like, he was not guaranteed a spot in in, in the bullpen last year as, as, you know, odd as that might be to think of. This year he comes in, you know, projected by not a huge margin necessarily, but projected as the most valuable reliever on this team. He and Paul Sewald you know, are kind of, uh, you know, far ahead of, of the rest of the competition, at least most of the other guys in this bullpen. Uh, so, yeah, Ginkle has very much emerged for this Diamondbacks team coming off the season he had last year. He's a really, really important part of this bullpen. You know, I think about guys who, if they got hurt, are would be very difficult for the Diamondbacks to replace. Kevin Ginkle is, I mean, I know he's a relief pitcher, but he he's near the top of that list for me. Like, if you lose your, you know, your best high leverage relief pitcher, that's a big loss. And you know, this diamondbacks bullpen is better than it's been in the past, but it doesn't necessarily have a ton of depth, especially at that, at that back end.
1: Yeah. And Connor said it, you know, Kevin Gingle just threw so much like, and that's something definitely to consider here. This is, this is new to some of these guys. You know, some of these guys have not had this short of a period of time to recover from, from pitching as many innings as they did last season. And uh, of course, you know, you're right when you talk about where Kevin Ginkle was to begin last season or even where he was at the point of the, of this year where he got sent down uh, to to AAA, right? Like to, to think of that and then to think of what he was for this team at the end of the year is is kind of incredible. You know, he, he but he, he, even when he was sent down, you and I uh, had, were very confused by that. We knew it was a thing about options and such. It really wasn't about his performance because he was performing well yeah. at the time. Another guy, though Jesse, that could be absolutely huge for this team, and and this also comes on the back of some injury news is Corbin Martin, uh, who is a uh, you know a guy that was competing for a spot last year, uh, looked very good, and then lost the whole season himself due to injury.
0: Yeah, he did. I I talked with Corbin Martin a few weeks ago. Um, should have a story coming out on on him here in in pretty short order. Um, and yeah, he told me it was in, he was in like the most pain he's ever been in, in his life. Uh, I mean, you think about your, uh, a tendon tearing in your shoulder, uh, like a very important tendon. It does not sound like a, like a pleasant experience at all. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was rough for him. Tori uh, talked about today. I think we have a clip, of uh, just the progression that he was on last year, how good he looked in spring training, um, you know, being in a good position to make the roster and then, having that happen. It was really unfortunate. This year it sounds like Corbin Martin is is ready to go and uh, we saw him pitch yesterday threw a bullpen yesterday looked good. Uh, the curveball looked nasty as it did last season as well. Sure so yeah, this could sure be uh this this could be a big season for Corbin Martin. I mean, he could he could be a, you know, one of those one of those relief pitchers who who not only makes the team but develops into a higher leverage arm, you know, by by the end of the year.
1: It's a, a it could be a low key weapon uh, for the Diamondbacks that not many people are really considering. You know, we are often talk about the um, we often talk about the uh, you know additions through free agency and such, but Corbin Martin could absolutely be a a, a big part of this team out of the out of the bullpen. Uh, and this is what Tori said to say about him being a full go.
2: Cor- Corbin Martin is a full go, um, and he's thrown the ball very well and feels he- feels healthy. You know, if you can remember back to, to last spring, he was on a journey to make this team. He was probably, I know the conversations we were having, he was he was right in the forefront of those conversations and then got hurt. It was a terrible day for all of us, mm-hmm. so um, I continued to remind him of that throughout the course of his rehab, and he's picked up right where he left off. So. Um, he's healthy. We want to see him go out and execute and, and make the best decision moving forward for
1: him. I mean, when you talk about him being in excruciating pain, and then Tori talking about it being a terrible day for all of us, like I think that just illustrates how bad this injury truly was.
0: It was a weird day too. I don't. I don't think I was here covering that game. That was might have been the only night game at Salt River Fields last year. And it was rainy that day. I think the game, I think it got rained out. Actually, uh, it was like they played like four innings or something like that, and then and then you know they just called the game at that point. But yeah, before that happened, Corbin Martin threw a pitch, and I want to say it was his breaking ball, and he felt something. It was not it was not a good feeling. The you know Diamondbacks training staff runs out there. It was very clear that it was you know something with his arm, which of course is always what you dread when you're when you're you know a pitcher is on the mound. Uh, and, and experiencing an injury, so yeah, it was it was a rough blow for the for the D backs last year. I think they they absolutely could have used him. Uh, his curveball, as, as I said, I mean, looked good the other day. It looked good last year. I checked on on the whiff rate of of that pitch uh, in spring training last year. I want to say it was like forty percent or somewhere above that. Granted, it was he only threw about five innings in spring training last year before the the injury happened. But that has a chance to be a really good weapon for him and. You know, the Diamondbacks, when they acquired him from, from the Astros for Zach Granke a few years ago, they were hoping that Corbin Martin would be a starting pitcher, you know, a formidable starting pitcher, someone that they had been trying to acquire for a while. The fact that he had had Tommy John surgery kind of opened the door for them to do that. Um, they were able to get him in, in that deal for, for Granke. But yeah, I mean, coming over, it's just been he just hasn't really had consistent opportunity in, in the majors, you know, he comes over, he was dealing with Tommy John surgery, you know, there have been other uh, smaller injuries that have popped up. And then the big one last year, he hasn't really had a chance to prove himself at the big league level. And I think he's 28 years old now. He's not, you know, he's not the up and coming prospect that he maybe was when the D-backs first acquired him. But that doesn't mean he can't, you know, be a, a valuable member of, of this team, specifically in the bullpen. I, I don't think you're going to see Corbin Martin vying for a rotation spot. But in the bullpen, I, I think he could be a weapon.
1: Well, we are going to be talking about who is going to be vying for a rotation spot. And Tori today did make it sound like the competition was a little bit wider uh, than than what we're speculating, which I think most of us are just kind of focusing on Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry. But there's a few other names that are in the mix as well that Tori discussed today. Uh, another thing that was discussed today by Geraldo Perdomo, was us uh, and our and our video because Jerry P uh, basically told us, I saw what you said about me and uh, I saw your video. And uh, that made me laugh very much because I replied by saying, yeah, I know. We saw your Instagram. That's why we made the video, right? Like your, your Instagram. <laughs> picture loving your teammates and 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 just reminiscing on the season that was 2020 2023 is what what made us worry what made me panic jesse and of course i'm i'm glad he knows that i panicked about uh a very innocent set of pictures that he posted on instagram which looking back on it now in <laughs> hindsight was maybe a little bit overreactionary.
0: i mean i think we kept it in perspective like we didn't really <laughs> strongly believe that her although for don't know was being traded by the Diamondbacks, And I mean, that, that would be kind of a weird thing for, uh, you know, Geraldo to do before, before any news of a trade had come out for him to just like start, you know, going off on Instagram, saying but, farewells but to everyone. We, we uh, do know how <laughs> things work sometimes, right? Like sometimes
1: we know that that information is passed along internally, obviously before it makes the news, sure. before they make it official. Right. So sometimes in some cases, uh, and, Maybe I'm a little guilty of this. Some people just put too much stuff about their life out on social media too
0: quickly, Jesse. And maybe maybe oh, you're, that's what you're 100% what we saw. <laughs> yeah, you're 100% guilty of that. Uh heraldo <laughs> I mean this isn't really even his personal life. Like this is just his teammates, right? Yeah, this uh, is just but just teammate love. Yeah. It, it was it was still still funny. I mean, yeah, all, all in all in in good fun. Uh, I think Geraldo probably understands whether it might have been some speculation there. But yeah, all indications are that Geraldo Perdomo is very much going to be a part of this yeah. diamondback team in 2024. <laughs> I don't, uh, I don't anticipate any trades happening. Just as we said uh, back, back when this whole thing happened.
1: Well, I mean, after after the way you smiled at us while he was talking to us about this, I like now I want that. <laughs> I, I want to make sure he stays the Diamondback forever until the end of time. Uh, but yeah, no, the the smiles we're 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 all around jesse in the clubhouse everybody was having a good time i think i counted if i have it correctly uh the words connected were said 38 times so 38 times people said that they were connected and i smiled you're
0: just you're just counting oh. connected and dangerous oh yeah dangerous
1: yeah, d- connected and dangerous that's like uh that makes me do what like peewee used to do it's like the secret word like ah
0: he said it uh, you know that
1: kind of thing but uh connected mostly uh because of course you know we heard Tori talk about that quite a bit he talked about how many position players were out there both yesterday and today I, I and you know that uh, essentially aside from a few guys that are, are spending some extra time with their family and aside from a visa issue everybody is at camp and that includes uh every uh, all the position players as well which I mean I, I know this isn't that uncommon but it does it is kind of cool to see this team this excited to be back out there, back together. I mean, I know Ryan Thompson brought that up, that they're just kind of excited to be back around each other and, and you know, training and getting ready for the 2024 season.
0: Yeah, we talked with Tommy Henry for a while, too, and that, that was something he emphasized. is just, like, the best part of spring training is the time in the clubhouse. We touched on it a little bit yesterday. This is a time of year where, where the players have a little little bit more Uh, a little bit more uh, room to just be able to hang out with each other and you know crack some jokes along the way and whatnot it's a more lax time of year for them and i think they really enjoy that you know and and tori talked about this as well like this is the time of year where you really do you're going to form a bond you know on some level throughout the course of a very long baseball season but you also can start that process right now here in spring training uh, you know, there's it's going to take more than just the Diamondbacks 26 man opening day roster to get through the season. Uh, you know, a lot of those players that are going to be helping out, not necessarily on day one, but over the course of the year are here in spring training right now. And they have an opportunity to, you know, all kind of get to know each other at this point as well. So this is a really foundational part of, of the year for teams to just really, really build that that bond with one another.
1: After two days, Jesse, who's our favorite coach and why is it? O'Dog already.
0: <laughs> Orlando Hudson is, is uh, no one's ever accused him of being quiet. And, and that, that definitely, as a member of the media watching these kind of mundane practices, you, you definitely want to figure out where O-Dog is and make sure that that's the, you know, you're watching the practice in that particular field. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be probably more entertainment value there than, than anywhere else. Uh, there was a, a a ball that. First of all, I'm pretty sure that Odag could still win a Gold Glove award. Uh, you yes. know, His hitting at this age might be a little bit suspect, but at second base, he's still filled the grounders to facilitate some of these things. He looks yeah. pretty. He looks pretty good out there, Derek.
1: <laughs> yeah. He d- he did miss one though, Jesse, and then I believed he accused he that did. ball of being broken. Is that right? He
0: tossed it over to you. He so accused it of being broken. And then he rolled it to the side, and it did. Yeah, oddly enough, it did roll directly to me. I don't know if that was supposed to be some sort of a statement that I was the one who broke it. Uh, I didn't interpret it that way. If if that was the way it was intended, no hard feelings, O oh dog. It's all it's all sure, good from sure. my end. Maybe maybe that uh, was just like uh, the yeah, misfit
1: toys. Funny. Like he was putting it with the other misfit toys, is what he was doing. And you know, I don't know. Uh, it's definitely definitely not no no <laughs> reflection of you at all, Jesse. Of course, uh, you did. <laughs> you did say that uh yeah getting out there uh is definitely this is like if you love baseball this is the best time to be here and if you are here in town uh and you are from anywhere else of course uh the one thing you have to make sure to not miss out on while you're here is is the mexican food is the sonoran style time-tested recipes of our friends from somboros uh and of course somboros is located all around the valley they have their brand new locations in goodyear peoria and of course uh my location which i frequent quite a bit uh up here at i-17 and joe max aka south anthem i think is what my friends call it of course you can visit some to find one near you but uh, they have incredible platters for you if you need to cater your events or of course they have all the burritos uh, all the incredible burritos, breakfast burritos uh, wonderful coffee and so much more so what, what whatever you're looking for check out some let some burros cater your next meal big or small order online or find one near you by visiting some uh, and a great way to get yourself ready uh, to eat a wonderful burrito from some burros is to get yourself some OGs. Uh, they have a wonderful variety of strains and doses. And uh, things to help you out, like Sleep Edition gummies, and of course, a Happy Balance gummy, and so much more over at OGs. They also have their brand new uh, products, including their OGs Naturals and the Big OGs. OGs Naturals are vegan gummies made with live rosin. Uh, Meanwhile, the Big OGs Gummy is a mega version of Peg's Raspberry Orange RSO. Uh, Of course, these are both available at dispensaries near you. So to check out everything OGs Gummies has to offer and where you can find them, head on over to OGsBrands.com. Com. Big shout out to you guys uh, for being here in the Sports YouTube channel. Of course, if you haven't subscribed to the channel yet, make sure to do so now. Sign up for notifications. That way you don't miss whenever we go live, because especially these spring training days, uh, we don't know sometimes when we're going to go live. And sorry about yesterday, because that was, uh, once again, that, that I'm not saying... I'm not saying that there was another fire in our building but what I am saying is that I suspect <laughs> that fire did more damage than we know but anyway uh, we will still be bringing you this show no matter if Jesse and I have to do it together in his living room on his cell phone we will be here uh, that was that
0: this- was actually a possibility today that, yeah. that we didn't quite yeah. make it to that point of desperation but it was it was discussed so maybe maybe one of these days.
1: We picked far better better backdrops for today. But, of course, we thank you guys for being here. If you're listening on the audio podcasting side, you cannot see Jesse's wonderful backdrop. But I assure you, it's breathtaking. Of course, make sure you're subscribed over there. Maybe stop by and check out the YouTube show every once in a while if you haven't done that. uh, And also leave us a review. We always appreciate those reviews very much. Uh, We Thank you guys, of course, uh, for listening. Uh, I did want to give a shout out to my guy, Jackson. Uh, Jackson here says, Derek, it's me, Jackson. We met today. Uh, I just want to say, speaking of breathtaking, Jackson's fit today was breathtaking. I walked up (laughs) upon this man as I was entering the media gate uh, and he was wearing the brand new uh, cream colored home jersey he had on the teal, uh, you know, spring training cap. He had an amazing mustache and he looked ready to go for the season. He looked ready to go for a playoff run already. Uh, And then he called me the mayor and told me that uh, he's from Flagstaff and uh, listened on his way down, listens to the show. So thank you, Jackson, for listening. And of course, thank you for uh, showing up. Uh, ready you ready to rock and roll today that's for sure uh speaking of how come, being ready how come roll, i
0: didn't get to i didn't get to meet jackson that doesn't, that doesn't i because really. i refuse to have a you uh i don't know <laughs> he called
1: me the mayor and then i thought maybe he might show you more love as does everybody that we meet so i was like no i'm not i'm keeping this one for myself <laughs> selfishly i'm keeping it Uh of course uh jesse we do know that the battle for the fifth and final rotation spot for the arizona diamondbacks is going to be Uh, a pretty significant competition. Like I said earlier, even though we've kind of discussed that it's between Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry, it it isn't just between those guys. And there is uh, a few other names that have kind of come up. I know today Tory was asked about both Bryce Jarvis and he was asked about uh, Blake Walston. And he didn't didn't turn down the idea that either of those guys could be in the running potentially for this uh, starting rotation spot.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I I think in some ways it's manager speak at the beginning of spring training. Sure. To yeah, you can't kind say of, no. <laughs> yeah, you you kind of leave you kind of leave the door open on everything. Like you know, looking back to last season, we were having similar conversations about the Diamondbacks' fifth rotation spot. You know, I I look back to that, and I'm I'm still asking myself, like, did Brandon Fott really have a shot last year? Was he really in the running for that spot? That's right. sort of what we were what we were led to believe. Uh, at the beginning of spring training, but then he went and and pretty clearly outpitched the competition. And yet, you know, he was uh, sent, sent back to, you know, minor league camp, uh, you know, a decent, a decent amount of time before opening day. So I I think at this point, you're going to see Torrey cast a pretty wide net, you know, not, not close the door on any, on any particular player at this stage of spring training. Um, But yeah, I mean, you know, he said he likes what he's seen from Bryce Jarvis so far uh he was asked today if if bryce is in the running for that fifth starter spot or for a bullpen spot we kind of saw bryce in more of a reliever role last year like a reliever opener type role and we don't know for sure yet Tori said that he wanted to have that conversation with bryce first and then he would be willing to share that information with us so i imagine tomorrow we'll get more clarification on exactly where bryce jarvis stands in this in this race uh blake walston threw a bullpen today Tori talked about that as well and said that he really liked what he saw you know, moving the fastball around the breaking pitches and, and whatnot. Um, yeah, again, on, on paper, I'm not sure if I see Blake Walson as being a, a legitimate contender here. It, it feels like, you know, the path for him is probably to start in AAA and then maybe, you know, maybe even likely get an opportunity to come up at some point when injuries and whatnot arise over the course of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe this race isn't just Ryan Nelson and Tommy Henry. I think Slade Siccone certainly has at least some chance to, to nail down this role. He's, he's another guy in the running as well, for sure.
1: Sorry. Are you I'm muted? Sorry. Is that just me? I was muted. Okay. No, it was just me. Right. Uh, Tori, Tori did, <laughs> uh, discuss, like you said, how he views the starting rotation now, and this is what he had to say.
2: Yeah, I think it would do be real nice. So you guys are probably thinking about it the same way. I haven't announced anything, right? But to to potentially knife them in there between um, two and three would be a pretty good thing. So I haven't said anything to anybody. I haven't said anything to him. But just to be totally honest with you, I think mm-hmm. that that would give us a nice little nice little slice right in the middle of a bunch of rice.
1: Uh, that was actually in regards to Erod, right?
2: Yeah.
0: Right.
1: Yeah um this is actually can we have the other clip of Tori on how he views the starting rotation now don't have one oh, okay um how about uh sorry apologize for that i thought we had that uh we do we do have um more though and and that was Tori talking about erod though and of course um, that erod was a topic of discussion as well today Tori was asked on how he uh viewed the 2016 version of eduardo rodriguez versus the current one and i mean that discussion right there was tory talking about maybe where erod might factor in but first this is what tory had to say about how erod compares now uh, to the the former version that tory once coached
2: probably a little bit more relaxed i think he has exhaled from the last time that i've seen him and it's been a long time right it's been seven years. He was a young kid when I saw him, and he was, he was very impressionable. He was trying to do the right thing at all times. He still does, but he was um, young, and, and I think you know he, he was on edge, and he was doing everything he could to do the right thing. I think he's taken a big exhale and said, well, I've established myself, and now i got to just take care of my business, and that's where he's at for me.
1: And I mean, obviously, he's come a long way. Like you said, it's it's uh, eight years since then. But I mean, there's <laughs> something to be said about uh, what, what was discussed about Erod today. And that was uh, he he showed a lot of kind of veteran leadership out there uh, in, in doing some of the drills with the young guys. And I know a lot of people uh, already are big fans of his effort and just kind of his personality. Like he definitely seems to be a guy clicking with a lot of his teammates already.
0: Yeah, we got a chance to watch PFB's, uh, every pitcher's favorite thing, our favorite thing to watch for sure. Uh, And yeah, Erod was out there uh, in a group with Tommy Henry, Brandon Fodd, Andrew Saul Frank was in there, a couple of other guys. And uh, yeah, I mean, you know, in small ways, but you you kind of see him like he's clearly, he's clearly been doing this for a while and uh, I saw him like point something out to Tony Perez Chico who's running the drill. Like, Oh, we're supposed to do it this way now. And Tony Perez, goes, was like, Oh yeah, you're right. We are supposed to do it that way. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> you can see, you can see just in, in, you know, little, sm- little bits and pieces like that, that Erod is a veteran. He, he's, he seems to be a guy of high character, someone who is a good, uh, just a good, a good person to have around, you know, seems to really care about his teammates. Yeah. Definitely something the Diamondbacks value about him. And in that first clip that you that you uh, shared of Torrey talking about Erod, it's a little unclear to me. I'm not sure if Torrey uh, was specific enough for me to make any firm judgments, but he did talk about right. Erod sliding into the rotation in the middle. He likes the idea of a lefty, like kind of in the middle of all the righties. It sort of sounded like his plan is to have Erod as the Diamondbacks' number two starter, Sandwich between Zach Gallen and Merrill Kelly, you know, going right, left, right, as opposed to having the couple righties at the top of the rotation and then, and then Erod in the number three spot. I don't think we know that for sure yet. Torrey didn't right. make anything official, and it's a little hard to really understand exactly what he was trying to say there. Um, but that wouldn't surprise me if that was the outcome. You might see Erod start, uh, you know, maybe it's Gallen on opening day and then Erod on day two and then Merrill Kelly in game three. Uh, it'll be a little while before we can say for sure, but we'll probably know before Tori is willing to say, because you can you can kind of piece together based on when guys are starting in spring training, how the order is, is setting up. Uh, so that'll be an interesting thing to watch over the course of spring training.
1: I think it's going to be a little confusing, though, because with Gallen and Merrill Kelly both being held back a little bit, we might not see them. You know, we we don't know when we're going to see them start games and we don't know how they're going to get them warmed up. We do know that they're going to try to give, give those guys specifically some, a little extra time just to give them, you know, and and Merrill Kelly, when you talk about Merrill Kelly, Merrill Kelly had had a huge season last year where, you know, not just, not just, you know, the, the cramping issues and the blood clot issues that he had and, and the additional time in the, you know, in the playoffs and, and in the world series, but Merrill Kelly also started on team USA in the world baseball classic. And that, that was a long season for him. I I, I would see you know right now, uh, Erod factoring in maybe at the two as as a way also to I mean just give give Merrill a little bit more time. Give him you know just that extra time to be even if it's one day uh, an extra day away in the rotation from from making his starts. Uh, I also like what what Tori's saying in regards to you know uh, the breaking up you know and sliding Erod in there where he slides in at. Damon, can we play the clip again? Cause let's just see if it's managers speak or if we're really picking up <laughs> what he's saying. Let's hear that one more time.
2: Yeah, I think it would do be real nice. So you guys are probably thinking about it the same way. I haven't announced anything, right? But to to potentially knife them in there between um two and three would be a pretty good thing. So I haven't said anything to anybody, I haven't said anything to him, but just to be totally honest with you, I think mm-hmm. that, that would give us a nice little nice little slice right in the middle of a bunch of rice.
1: I like when he says like, you guys know, probably, you know,
2: he always like infers, like you already know, I don't have to (laughs) say it, right. You know,
1: you know, what's there. You you know what question you're asking, answer it yourself, you know, but anyway, um, you know, and, and again, that's, that's in regards to the rest of the rotation, which we feel like is fairly set, but getting back to that competition for this fifth spot in the rotation, I feel like it's, again, you, you might be onto something, you know, for the most part, it might be really, really, still down to just tommy henry and ryan nelson i just think back jesse and i've been covering this team for a long time so my the the gray in my beard is about to get grayer and expand but like there was a time where patrick corbin was the odd man out and the battle in spring felt like patrick corbin really wasn't part of it based on the other guys the diamondbacks had One, who I won't name because it makes people very mad when I just bring up his name. But Patrick Corbin (laughs) that spring, even though, you know, even though it sounded very much like, you know, that like that Corbin wasn't going to be the prospect that got called up and got the spot in the rotation. Corbin outperformed everybody in spring. And then next thing you know, uh, this is 2012. He's he's getting, you know, he's getting the call instead of Tyler Skaggs or Trevor Bauer or oh, I said the thing I shouldn't have said it but anyway <laughs> uh, but yeah I mean there there are times where you know someone can really outcompete the competition even though they weren't a favorite in spring and win that job so that and and Tori touched on that that's the clip that we don't have but Tori basically touched on the fact he likes that competition he likes the way that it does bring out the best in guys and it, it really does make guys understand that nobody's position is really safe because anybody really can get outplayed out here and possibly lose their job. So, like, even though that sounds very negative, the competition is real for everybody and not just the the ones that we know about.
0: Sorry, the sounds of spring training have gotten pretty loud behind <laughs> me. So, if you're, I think you're there, I think me, okay. <laughs> I can mostly make out what you're saying. Uh, no, there apparently there's some college baseball uh, stuff, like the Desert Invitational or something like that is happening here tomorrow. So I think they're getting the field ready for that. But gotcha. anyway, uh, yeah, I it, something that was interesting to me also about this is Tori didn't didn't say that the number four spot in the rotation is open. Brandon Fod is going to make the team. That was something yeah. that he he said num- one through four in the rotation we feel good about. There's no questions at this point. Brandon Fott is, is going to be in the opening day rotation. No no surprises there, really. I mean, after, I know Fott had an ERA in the high fives last year when all was said and done, but you look at his numbers in the second half, you look at his numbers certainly in the postseason, I think he clearly earned that spot. Uh, so I wasn't hugely surprised there, but worth bringing up. Uh, Ryan Nelson has been out here working out for a long time. Uh, that's something that uh, Mike Hazen mentioned back in December uh, that Ryan's been been out here really putting in the work for a while, doing everything he can to earn that fifth starter spot. Tori was asked specifically today about him and what he wants to see from Ryan in order to kind of to kind of get to that next level. And he mentioned uh, not being too reliant on one pitch, with a fastball. Something we talked about a lot on the show. Ryan Nelson, uh, you know, has a really good fastball. It took a bit of a step back last year, and really, no one's fastball is good enough, you know, as a starting pitcher to just be throwing it and throwing it and throwing it. Um, you know, he, he needs to develop those other weapons, and we saw that in, in spurts last year. Uh, Torrey talked about a really a really big game that he pitched in San Francisco on the road, I think it was seven innings of one run ball or something. And the role that is change up played in that game specifically. Uh, and also the sliders, another pitch Tori talked about, he really wants to see Ryan, you know, continue to, to work on that pitch and get more comfortable using that pitch. Uh, so yeah, uh, Ryan Nelson has certainly been putting in the work and, and, you know, seems to have really as good a chance at getting the spot as anyone else. Uh,
1: we also talked to Tommy Henry and Tommy Henry has also been putting in the work and you asked him about uh, competing for that, that fifth rotation spot. And this is what Henry had to say.
0: Um, I'm the type of guy where I try not to focus on that type of stuff. Um, I try and make the most of today. And I feel like if I can stack that up as many times as I can, then, um, you know, I'll, I'll like where I'm at, or at least accept the the fate of, you know, whatever happens at the end of spring training. So, um, if I can stack up a bunch of good
2: days in a row, um, and build towards, you know, putting myself in, in the best chance to be my best, then, um, I think that gives me the best shot.
1: You know, I, it's so weird to, to ask someone about competing for a spot, right? Because essentially they're not really competing against their fellow pitchers. They're not, it's not hand-to-hand combat. They're not, right. you know, it's not right. So like there is the, the, the idea here that, and, and we've heard this time and time again from guys, Dre Jameson. I remember specifically last spring, him talking about this you can control what you can control you can go out there and you can have a good outing and you can just focus on uh listening to your coaching and making the improvements that they're asking you to do and working basically being coachable and and but also at the same time trying to realize that you're not out there just to to get coached you're out there to compete for a job and that every single outing is important every single day even out there at salt river fields at, at camp is important for these guys that are that are in this competition for, for a starting rotation spot. I just, I like Tommy Henry a lot. And I think he has a lot to offer. Tori discussed that of the guys in the competition that he had the lowest exit velo of of the group. And of course that's something when we talk about the peripherals and such, when we talk about some of the numbers that uh, no matter, no matter how good your numbers are, it's great to throw a ball that guys can't hit hard. And that's not something every pitcher can necessarily do.
0: Yeah, that was a really big asset for for Tommy last year. You look at his numbers last season, you know, the strikeout rate isn't going to blow you away. The walk rate isn't going to blow you away. Cause These sounds are really getting <laughs> I don't know. It's what just, is he doing? the like, escalating. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's yard <laughs> stuff. It's yard wars, Jesse. It's yeah, what, wars. what kind of yard work <laughs> requires this kind of noise? Uh, but yeah, Tommy. Tommy's not going to blow guys away with his stuff. And, and he walked a few more batters last year than he liked. But yeah, I mean you look at some of the the data from Statcast, like he I mean, his expected ERA was, I believe, pretty close to his actual ERA in the low fours. He was just so good at limiting hard contact. And on a year to year basis, it's pretty hard to know uh, you know, how much staying power that has. That tends to be from a, a number standpoint, not as sticky as some of the other metrics, meaning that it, it doesn't necessarily hold up year to year in the same way. You know that, like a strikeout rate or you know a walk rate, something like that holds up year to year. Um, but it, it certainly is telling of you know Tommy's ability to, to miss the barrel. His chase rate was really high too last year. Uh, so even though he wasn't getting a ton of swing and miss, he was getting guys to swing at pitches out of the zone. Um, and uh, and yeah, I mean that's uh, that's obviously a huge part of pitching if, if you can if you can do that. So uh, I think I think he's in good position. And I mean the reality is when it comes to this starting pitching battle. Like, no matter who gets that fifth spot on opening day, Brian Nelson and Tommy Henry and Slade Siccone and probably Blake Walston and Bryce Jarvis, like, these guys are all going to get opportunity in the majors at some point this year. You're always going to need, you know, nine or ten uh, starting pitchers in, in order to make it through a full season. That's just kind of the way it is. So, uh, you know, whoever misses out on this spot, they're, they're still probably going to get an opportunity sooner than later.
1: Jesse, Kevin in the chat is calling us out on our headline. He said competition heating up on day two. (laughs) Come on, man. The guys are stretching and drinking coffee. (laughs) I saw nobody drinking coffee. Nobody was drinking coffee, but you are right. I mean, yeah, it is early in in the... It's not...
0: Yeah, it's... It's not so much that the competition is heating up in like the on-field competition for sure, but kind of the narratives around the competition are, are what's heated up. Like we kind of know the I think the table is sort of set for like who's involved, you know, guys' perspectives on it, how they're approaching it, as you heard there from Tommy Henry. Uh, so narratives are developing around it. But yes, granted, we haven't actually seen anyone pitch yet in an actual Cactus League game. Uh, so this <laughs> is very much a developing story and probably not going to resolve until... You know, maybe up until basically the last day of, of yeah. the regular season, I mean, that or of the spring training. I mean, that's really what we saw last year, the Diamondbacks' decision to start the year with Ryan in the rotation and have Dre Jameson open the year in the bullpen. That was something that came in like, what, 24 hours before opening day or something. So, yeah, yeah we're not going to know for probably quite a while at this point.
1: And that was a little controversial, right? There were a lot of people that didn't really like that decision at the time because Trey Jamison, he put fire in our blood, Jesse. And and you just, <laughs> not everybody, just like the exit Velo thing, not everybody can put fire in our blood. But uh, you did get a clarification on Luis Frias uh, and how uh, his option situation might change some of, like, for instance, your pred- predictions as to uh, the, how this roster could could kind of stack up here at, the, at when opening day comes around.
0: Yeah, this is clarification I got today directly from the Diamondbacks. They confirmed that Luis Frias has one option remaining, not zero, uh, as had previously been mentioned in a couple of stories and probably on the show by yours truly. So apologies for the mix up there. Fangraphs is often accurate on these things, but it is not – Fangraphs is not always accurate on these things. Um, and so Fangraphs says zero. That is not That is not the case. I'm told Luis Frias has one option remaining. Um I haven't dug in. I haven't had a chance today to dig into exactly how that option came to be. I know some people were asking about that on Twitter. Um, my under, you know, talking with some of the other reporters, people didn't necessarily have a ton of clarity on, on this themselves. Uh, but I think there are just certain cases where, you know, generally you have the three option years, um, but there are certain situations where you're given a fourth year and Priya somehow some way met that requirement. Uh, I'll do some digging and try to get an explanation for why this is the way it is. But for what we, I mean, it it is significant news in that the Diamondbacks had the ability to send down Luis Frias and not not likely lose him in the process. Previously, if he had no options remaining, the Diamondbacks would have had to designate him for assignment, pass him through waivers. He likely would have been claimed by another team uh, if the Diamondbacks had decided not to have him on the opening day roster. So now there's less pressure on the D-backs to put him on the opening day roster just for the sake of making sure he stays in the organization. If they feel that he's not, you know, one of their eight best relief pitching options, then they have the ability to send him down and they wouldn't lose him as a result of that.
1: Well, make sure you get that information for me, Jesse, because you screwing up the options thing. I mean, the competition isn't just (laughs) for the starting rotation spot. I mean, Cogs is waiting in the wings at all times to uh, steal your spot. So just remember that just, 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 I'm again, not a threat, just something to keep you on your toes, keep you at your best, if you will, like, uh, like what Tori wants with this competition. But uh, I will say, speaking of the best, for more than 84 years, Desert Financial has been Arizona's largest, most trusted local credit union, and they have been dedicated to creating exceptional experiences by giving back to the community and by providing financial solutions that make lives better. Uh, Jesse, Damon, can you mute Jesse? Because I, this is... I can't read and listen. Thank you. Get him out of here. Thank you. Just mute him for the rest of the show. This is how we're doing the rest of the show. Anyway, uh, Desert Financial team, by the way, are financial experts. You want to trust financial experts? Not everybody has your best interest in mind, so make sure you trust a financial institution that does. Look to Desert Financial for checking and savings accounts, mortgages, loans, credit cards, investment options, and so much more. When you open a free checking account online right now, you can get two hundred dollars in bonuses. Get started by visiting desertfinancialcom 200 right now also check out our friends over at bet mgm sportsbook of course uh damon dog is back and he is here to make sure once uh, get get you Uh, some bets, get your bets all straightened out. But in the meantime, download the Sportsbook app on iOS or Android or visit betmgm.com. Sign up using our bonus code of PHNX. If you deposit $5 into your newly created account uh, and wager that amount, you will receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of the outcome of your wager. And again, you can check in here at PHNX on PHNX Bets, get yourself some bets, get yourself some, some hot bets for the Suns, especially lately. That has been a very hot team, uh, and of course, you can sign up for BetMGM and use bonus code PHNX. Place your first BetMGM sportsbook wager through the sportsbook mobile application for at least five dollars. You will re- you will receive one hundred and fifty dollars instantly in additional winnings, regardless of your wager's outcome. Check out the show notes for full details. And now, listen to Damon talk about the disclaimer.
0: Promo code one eight hundred gambler available in the U.S. Call eight seven seven eight open y or text open y four six seven three six nine New York. Call one 5050 Massachusetts. Twenty one plus to wager. Please gamble responsibly. Call one eight hundred next step Arizona. One eight hundred bets off Iowa. One 800 270 7117 for confidential help. Michigan. One eight hundred nine eight one zero zero two three Puerto Rico. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Visit betmgm for terms. This promotional offer is not available in New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico.
1: All right, you can unmute him now. Am I allowed? Yeah. Puerto Rico. All right. There you go. Well. <laughs> I just wanted you for that part, uh, Jesse. Uh, we did hear a little information today about how sick of fanatics some people are. And we know fanatics at times has made our lives as sports fans very difficult. But it would appear that some people very much do not like the new Major League Baseball jerseys. And I say that as a thing across Major League Baseball. This isn't specific to Arizona Diamondbacks. But we understand that Nike has kind of outsourced the creation of MLB uniforms to fanatics. And some people aren't happy. There's been some complaints that there are less customization options for pants uh, for like pitchers and such. Uh, I, I kind of got some word today that there's kind of like three options instead of like a series of measurements that that players could have. Uh, there's just a lot of things. Uh, apparently, people just think the back, uh, the lettering on the back looks janky. Like uh, people aren't happy. They're not happy. I know we saw the St. Louis Cardinals, like spring training jersey looks uh, as basic as it as it could look. I mean, it, it it looks like I made it, Jesse. That's all I'm saying. I mean, this is like I said. The a, letters, a the
0: letters like aren't. Yeah, then then I think it was the numbers on the back of like a Miles Michael's jersey that like clearly not aligned properly. which did seem it seemed, it seemed yeah. not ideal. There's an there's an article uh, over at the Athletic talking about this and how it is an issue that's come up in a lot of a lot of major league clubhouses. The union is apparently involved in this as well. Uh, my understanding is that Nike designed these jerseys, engineered and designed them. They do have this nicer feel. Uh, you know, they feel like like wearing a t-shirt almost. Uh, so I think there are some positives from a field standpoint. Um, but yeah, they were manufactured by Fanatics and uh, yeah, people are not happy with the way that they came out from a visual perspective. Uh, there's talk of them looking like replicas rather than looking like an authentic Major League jersey, which I do understand, honestly, as someone who's seen these in person, I think they do look good. But I can't really put my finger on it. There's something about them that gives me a replica vibe over the actual authentic jersey vibe. I don't know how to explain that. Maybe you can. It's because it's
1: cheap, Jesse. It's because you have a replicas company making it. You don't have a company that understands the difference between an authentic jersey and the small things you need to do quality wise like sometimes it's so stupid sometimes it's little embroidered logos versus it being silk screened on there sometimes it's a matter of using like i don't know i mean we this came up with the nhl jerseys adidas used to make the nhl jerseys and they were so nice looking the material was nice the way that like the the shoulders had a different material than the rest of it this like little nhl jersey right here was like chrome and looked quality it looked Like you were wearing an authentic jersey versus buying, you know, a a cheaper version. Like, honestly, jerseys having tears has always been a thing. That's nothing new. Ever since I was a kid, I was always buying the silk screened basketball jerseys because I couldn't afford the embroidered ones. Not to mention, I didn't really like the feel of them because they were heavy and they had the big patches on them that like if you tried to wear it uh like just it felt weird and it felt like it wasn't very natural right like these uh, jerseys for sure. the players should have a difference in quality than the than the replicas. There should be things to them. I, I feel like the the, the, letters are small. the letters are small. I don't. Feel, I haven't had a chance to see them up close, but I did get a chance to see the Diamondback snake patch on the on the sleeve on a jersey today, and I didn't. I couldn't really see like a stitching going around the edge, and sometimes like that embroidered yeah. edge that stitching that that's that's that quality that that differentiates it from a replica with like a logo just being silk screened onto the sleeve and i think that that's kind of the problem now don't get me wrong there are advancements in the jerseys that they're making for the players so that they are more lightweight and stretcher stretchable uh that's something that tommy henry brought up tommy henry had no complaints about the new jerseys in fact he said he liked them more everything he had to say that he felt was different from last year's jersey was an improvement so there were no, no complaints on his end about it, but um, we didn't get a chance to ask him about like the pants having less options. For instance, yeah. it's like, they used to like do measurements. And if you wanted like a tight pants or if you wanted a loose pant, like you had all of those abilities yourself to just pick and choose what you, what, how you wore your pants. Like Merrill Kelly wears a very baggy like pant. And you can tell that's kind of his preference. That's not just because sure. Merrill Kelly doesn't, didn't get the tailored version of pants, that else got it it's a preference thing when it comes to athletes being comfortable and performing at their best you want them to be comfortable you don't want to limit their options to the same options that we as fans have to customize the same stuff like they should definitely have a more customized version of the jersey and and the pants and and a higher quality one so i i understand I mean, it is yeah. just spring so it remains to be seen but i just don't know if this is going to improve come the regular season you do have a Replisk replica's company making your jerseys now and that that might right in itself be the problem
0: yeah it is it is interesting having nike like design them but then fanatics doing the actual manufacturing uh you know maybe if nike was doing the entire thing i mean they obviously involved in the making of a lot of uh professional jerseys used around sports you know maybe that would have been the better option here i know when they uh,
1: Go, I was just saying, there's there, there's little things nike does that i like and it's stupid i even tell my wife sometimes it's <laughs> stupid right but it's like oh wow they put the like they put the little like logo on the on the on the zipper or they did this or this is embroidered down here in the corner like it's small stuff that really is meaningless at the end of the day and most people that see you wearing it probably wouldn't even see that or or notice it but it it's those little those little things that makes me feel like spending the extra forty dollars on a on this Jersey versus that Jersey Jersey was worth my money.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. I know when they, when they originally released these, these jerseys that were going to be used in spring training, were, I mean, there there's a quote from Nolan Arenado It was, you know, very positive. Like they, of course, in, in the initial press release, they had some, you know, some good stuff from players, some good feedback from players in there. Uh, but that's not always, you know, once you release them to the masses and there's a bunch of, you know, hundreds of players around the league uh, putting these on every day, you know, the, the full uh, the full scope of feedback starts to trickle in and, and it hasn't been great. So, yeah, i we'll love to talk to some more D-backs players, see how they how they feel about, especially the, the lack of customization with the pants that you mentioned. I imagine that would be, uh, you know, an, an issue for, for some guys. Um, but yeah, I mean, maybe, you know, the union getting involved tends to make things happen. Uh, so yeah. if, if the union, you know, is, is able to have their way here, I wouldn't be surprised if there was you know, some some kind of solution to this issue before too long. How did
1: we drift so far from snakeskin colored snakeskin belts being, you know, customized right outside of the locker room door to this, Jesse? Like it happened so fast.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, This pretty pretty soon they're gonna be like, "Do you wear a small, a medium, or a large?" Just tell <laughs> us. We got those three sizes. Uh, maybe we could do an XL That's if we really need it. Like. <laughs>
1: Oh, uh, that's all we got. Sorry. Sorry, pal. Uh, Well, speaking of customizing your experience, I'll tell you, Arizona Lottery right now has a very unique uh, ticket and promotion called Arizona Adventure. There's three unique ways to play this. Of course, you can play it by buying uh, Arizona Adventure Lottery tickets featuring three iconic landscapes uh, here in Valley. You can also check in at geolocated adventure spots at 10 destinations across the state from Flagstaff to Yuma, and yes, even Yuma. Yuma is beautiful. I I had a wonderful time with my friends uh, at a music festival in Yuma, so make sure you check out everywhere in the state including yuma uh and they have all sorts of wonderful spots including uh east wetlands interpretive trail in yuma arizona so visit azadventure.com for more details and directions but by checking in at these destination coordinates on the website you can have a chance to win one million dollars in cash and arizona travel prizes this promotion celebrates state pride and uniqueness and beauty of arizona and of course right now it, look at that background behind Jesse. Like look how beautiful our state looks. So this is one one day after one day after Arizona's birthday. It's looking looking gorgeous Arizona. So uh make sure to check out this promotion. Visit azadventure.com for more information on how you can take an adventure with Arizona Lottery and for a chance to win month 1 million dollars in cash and Arizona travel prizes. Damon, I know just you've been back. You,
0: through... uh, oh, go ahead. I was just going to say find you a place to enjoy the nature where they aren't mowing the dirt, uh, mowing the dirt. It is a little bit, there's a, a noise pollution element there that I don't recommend. Seems there's expressive. a lot of, other, a lot of other places you can go. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, there is Uh Damon. Have you gotten some piping hot queso from illegal Pete's in you yet? I know you, I know you've been back for a while, so I imagine you've made your stop to illegal Pete's. What's funny is I actually
0: have, I went I know on, you have. I went on Tuesday, my <laughs> second day back
1: because <laughs> because it's like inject it into my veins inject the pipe piping hot queso right into my veins and that's uh, i love that that's place, why if, if you need to find Damon, that's typically where we go to find him we'll we'll search studio b and then jesse and i just get right in the car and drive to illegal pete's to try to find Damon because we figure that's the second place he'll be uh illegal pete's does have arizona's strongest margaritas and they also have some wonderful food don't miss out on the uh, reverse nachos, by the way, which might be the only way to nacho. It might be the only way to nacho, you guys. I'm not sure if I ever want to go back, but take advantage of Illegal Pete's weekly deals right now. Kick the Monday blues with $3 margaritas all day long or ease your way back into the week with $2 tacos every single Tuesday. If you work in healthcare or if you work uh, in education, make sure to take your team to lunch at illegal Pete's every Tuesday. Enjoy buy one, get one free entrees. Don't forget to unwind after a long day at their happy hour, 3 PM to 8 PM every single day, illegal Pete's your go-to spot for burritos, buddies and beer. And if you're here in town for spring training, great place to stop again. uh, Make sure to fill up while you're here, get, get your fill of all the wonderful food we have to, I have to offer uh, down here in this, in this part of town, because we got some great stuff. Of course uh, we thank you guys so much for joining us, Jesse, are you gonna drink water? What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go down? What, what, hey, what do I've, you do now?
0: I've been, I've been drinking water. I have my okay, my, that boy. Uh, that my boy. <laughs> on, right. and on, They're just ready to go right here. I think I'm gonna have to go help them mow the dirt though. It sounds like they've, got, they've got a lot of work. I mean, maybe, do,
1: maybe you go to explain <laughs> to them the, that the dirt doesn't need to be mowed. I don't know. That might be a conversation <laughs> for another day. But you uh,
0: mow the grass. You don't have to
1: mow the dirt. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah
1: all right. Well. Uh, we will be back at it tomorrow. Of course, we'll be back at, back at Salt River Fields. Uh, so make sure to join us this same time tomorrow at 2 pm. hopefully in studio. No, no promises there though. we might we might just make this a regular thing. I'm gonna go join Jesse where he's at because even I'm jealous of looking at his background right now. Uh, of course, you can follow us on Twitter. I am at cap underscore caveman with a K. Jesse is at Jesse N. Friedman. Our show is at PHnX underscore Dbacks, but all roads do lead to at. P H N X underscore sports on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We thank you guys for stopping by. We appreciate your time uh, and we will see you tomorrow. In the meantime, have a wonderful evening and remember kids baseball is fun, but it is so much more fun during spring training.